Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hi there, it's Laura Wasser. And if anyone knows how much divorce sucks, it's me. I've been practicing family law for over 20 years, and I've worked on thousands of divorces. Creating peace in families is how I lost my voice. From the top of the food chain all the way down to my very first case, which was my own divorce when I was 25. I wrote the book on divorce, or I wrote a book on divorce. It's called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way, How to Divorce Without Destroying Your Family or Bankrupting Yourself. That book became a bestseller because it presented another option for ending a marriage, one that doesn't necessarily include lawyers and one that leaves more money in both parties' bank accounts and less animosity in their hearts. We created It's Over Easy, the one-stop breakup divorce resource online with the same principles in mind. So welcome to the Divorce Sucks podcast, where we talk about breaking up, getting divorced, and moving on. Hi, guys. Welcome to the Sunny Side Up Report. This is something that Johnny came up with that we can incorporate into the podcast episodes, talking about what's happened during the week on our social media and blogs and what's coming up for next week. So, Johnny, the tell biggest, us. <laughs> the biggest news this week was obviously Chris Jenner dropping on our podcast, um, which was super exciting. Um, we want to thank all the people out there who have come to our Instagram feed and liked our profile. We're super excited. We got lots of new Instagram followers, which was exciting for me because I generally have a competition with my 13-year-old son, and he's always blown me out of the water, and all of a sudden we exponentially increased, and I was like at dinner, and I go, <laughs> look at this my friend and he said well that's like you're now one of the popular kids but you're not really one of the popular kids you're like <laughs> one of the popular kids friends chris jenner's the popular kid so thanks Dissed chris again thanks for thanks for hoisting <laughs> me up into popularity <laughs> i've missed it since high school <laughs> the coolest thing speaking of uh being popular or not is what uh let's see girl crush currently obsessing on this insanely fierce bitch laura wasser such a badass babe. Her perspective on work, life, love, marriage, and divorce is refreshing. Thank you at Porter Magazine for making me want to actually pick up and read a glossy again. Hashtag attorney to the stars. Hashtag Laura Wasser at It's Over Easy. That was from at Dressing Jane, who we are now suddenly girl crushing on. Hi, at Dressing. I thought that was, I thought you were going to say that was from you, Johnny. <laughs> Thank you for that, at Dressing Jane. Nice to meet you. Can a boy have a girl crush? Yes. Yes, she can. <laughs> <laughs> so meanwhile, on our blog, we dropped an article that was co-written by the attorney, Laura A. Wasser Esquire. And... and- Miss Elizabeth Winkler, LMFT, and she, the two of them write about uh, this idea that you can have a type of... You can get sucked dry from an emotional vampire. Thank you. I was trying to find a diplomatic way to say it. And so it's called Lessons Learned from Divorcing an Emotional Vampire. So Elizabeth brought this to me and we wrote it together, both from an emotional and therapeutic perspective and then also from a legal perspective. Um, We co-authored the article, which was inspired by a real wife and a mom's experience with her ex-husband, who she called an emotional vampire. I thought it was an interesting study in how people go 
go into things. I'll, it's very often that someone will come into my office and discuss how they've diagnosed their ex as, you know, a narcissist or bipolar or right. whatever else. Right. Calling somebody an emotional vampire, while not very nice, is much better in my opinion only because it's not only, it's not an actual medical term. And so you're not diagnosing somebody. And at the same time, it also is extremely uh, reflective of, of your feelings about them. Yeah. It's also one of those things that what I what I learned, at least from reading the article, is when you do that labeling inside of a relationship and you have children, it can really rub off on the kids also. Right. Like if you're like, oh, guys, are you excited? You're going to the emotional vampire's house for the weekend. Yay. Not so cool. <laughs> right. So, so like, you know, labeling like that can be very dangerous. But I think that the point of... The article and the request for such an article had to do with how do you deal with somebody that right. really, really is um, sucking you dry. Yeah, yeah, and it it actually is con- <laughs> it's related to or reminds me of the article you wrote about uh, co-parenting with an ass. Yes, because there are a lot of times like I know we're pr- we are trying to change the way people co-parent and the way people get divorced, so that amicability is still some is is something that we we are talking a lot about. But the truth is, that's a journey for some people to get to a place where they can they can treat the other person with respect. Right. And again, you know, you can only be in control of one person. That's you. I say to clients so often, you know, they really only need one good parent. So stop worrying so much mm-hmm. about what's happening on the other side. Hopefully you can be respectful, do unto others, golden rule type of stuff. But for the most part, focus on how you can be your best parenting self. And a lot of other things will fall into place afterwards. And when you're done critiquing the other person, focusing on yourself, making sure that you're doing what you can to get your kids through what may be a difficult transitional time, um, I think you often will come out the other end not so concerned about what the other person's doing or not doing. The woman who actually inspired the uh, divorce and the emotional vampire article after reading the article you and Elizabeth wrote, wrote back just saying, I will for sure turn to my health and well-being to be strong, at least until my kids are 18. <laughs> Good. Well, that's, you know, I don't know how old our kids are, but hopefully that's a while. And, you know, by the time you get through that, then you actually have usually hit the next chapter. Well, speaking about next chapters, um, coming up next is uh, your interview with Joy Chudikoff. Yes. You guys are going to have a great conversation. I was there, and now we're going to share it with the world. I mean, she has some interesting things to say about things that sabotage women. Joy is awesome, and she really, really is a great um, person to talk to us about new beginnings, next chapters, how to pick up the pieces and move on. So enjoy, Joy. (laughs) And that's the It's Over Easy Sunny Side Up Report. Green Chef is a USDA-certified organic company that includes everything you need to easily cook delicious meals that you can feel good about. Meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore. For $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash divorce. How Green Chef works is that recipes are given to you which are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. They send a wide variety of organic ingredients and imaginative new recipes each week. There's something for everyone. You can switch up your meal plan and change the box you're getting when you want. Green Chef expert chefs design recipes with gourmet flavor you typically only find in restaurants. 
Each ingredient is thoughtfully sourced and its journey tracked from planting to plating. It's convenient and easy. Let Green Chef do the meal planning, grocery shopping, and most of the prep work for you week after week. Recipes include pre-made sauces, dressings, and spices, so you get more flavor in less time. So, for healthy, fresh yumminess and $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash divorce. Check it out, guys, especially if you're in a transition period. Green Chef can really help you keep yourself and your family healthy without the kind of time that you need to take planning meals and cooking in the kitchen. Joy Chetikoff is a professional certified coach and a business consultant to female entrepreneurs. Joy also collaborates as an Elevate coach for Ali International, which provides online marketing tools and strategies, coaching seminars and instructional literature for women in business who want to increase their wealth. Joy hosts the podcast she created called She's Got Moxie, which features today's thought leaders, renegades, mavericks, pathfinders, and of course, women who are flexing their moxie muscles, including me. I did one. We know divorce sucks, whether you're a man or a woman, and yes, even for people who own their own businesses, particularly for those of us who own our own businesses. Today's show is about reclaiming your power. No matter what happened with Bill Cosby, Kevin Spacey, or Harvey Weinstein, this is fast becoming an age where, as Oprah put it, a new day is on the horizon. One where it's not okay for someone else to bully you and take away your power. My colleague, Joy, shares her tips to avoid self-sabotage today, which we hope you can integrate into your journey as you embark upon the next chapter of your life. I'm raising two sons to be the gentleman of tomorrow. It's not easy all the time co-parenting with someone else, and in my case, there are two someone else's. But because I believe in a better tomorrow, which features my kids as responsible adults who matter in the grand scheme of things, I'm taking what Joy has to say to heart, and so should you. Over the last 13 years, I've coached and strategized with women through the stages of starting a business and really maintaining their fiscal success and growth and scaling. And the most common denominator that I see time and again is the tendency towards this self-sabotage, which we're particularly vulnerable to before, during, and after a breakup. The launch of It's Over Easy exceeded our expectations in many ways, and one of the things that's been the most exciting are the incredible people I've met along the way. From the couples and families who are trusting It's Over Easy to help them navigate their divorces online, to the dynamic professionals who we started relationships with. Joy Chudakoff is one of these people. She and I started a riveting conversation about women in business flexing their moxie muscles on her show, She's Got Moxie, and now we get to continue that chat. You know, I love this, Laura, and I love it for women because starting over, especially when someone has maybe been more at home, maybe they've been uh, their husband or their wife has been more out in the forefront, and now you're starting over, uh, there can be a loss of self-esteem, there can be a loss of confidence, and what you're doing with It's Over Easy is just tremendous in how it's going to change women's lives. Joy, you're an author, you're an entrepreneur, you owned a marketing company, but you gave up one career, for profit I might add, for another and created Smart Women, Smart Solutions, Coaching and Consulting Services for Women. What propelled you to create a consulting business exclusively for women and when did you know you were destined to coach others toward their own success? So, um, Laura, I had my children late. Um, I had my first child at 40 and my second at 42 and I had a Fantastic business. It was over $2 million uh, you know, in revenue a year when I sold it. 
Uh, however, it was a business that kept me traveling and on the road all the time. As a matter of fact, we our home was very close to the airport for that reason. And um, I realized that although the business was successful, it was not going to be part of my trajectory forward in being a mom. The other big issue that I saw out in the marketplace is that women were starting businesses at a dramatic rate. But the statistics showed that very few women were getting out of the starting gate. And I knew from growing my own company that I had a lot of information and things that I could share to help them. And so I went into this business truly to be of service and to help other women grow their companies. Laura, when we were talking, when I interviewed you on my podcast, She's Got Moxie, we talked about prenups and I mentioned how hard it can be or almost impossible for a person who's head over heels in love to think about money or what's actually in their best interests. The same applies in the red haze that follows a breakup. And there are five reactions that I've noticed that sabotage women before, during, and after a divorce and can even show up when you are starting a business. Um, You know, one of those is the abdication of power. Absolutely. Right? Um, It can be a reaction after being, you know, bullied in a relationship or blinded by some strong emotion. Um, I also see it for women who started businesses. Maybe it's their first business coming out of, you know, starting to work after a breakup. And um, they give up power to, let's say, if they have a business partner or to their team members. And so as a result of that, they're giving up all of their power. And one of the things that they need to do, I'll just offer a quick solution, is to really realize that this was their vision, this was their dream, this is their business, and to stay strong in their beliefs. Um, I don't think it's always intentional, but sometimes it may seem like our emotional behavior is brought on by people in our environment. Uh, Unsupportive family, that's that's another huge trigger, probably the biggest one of all, uh, that I see that makes us feel like we're being controlled. Mm -hmm. In the end, we can really only control ourselves. And this is why I always recommend women and men have those kind of uncomfortable, unsexy, totally unromantic conversations before they get married, before they have children, before they even move in together. If you are having those conversations, if you are able to have kind of a meeting of the minds on financial and other issues, I think that you may actually not need to ever consult with It's Over Easy because you won't have the kind of breakdown in your relationship because you've got those communication tools. That's absolutely right. And I think that you just brought up talking about finances. Talking about money is a trigger for many women, and it can make you feel judged and criticized. Uh, you know, judgment and criticism criticism is a bit is a huge for women. Um, it makes us react in ways that we're not always proud of. We, we tend to be more than men. We tend to be a little more concerned about what others think of us, the decisions that we make. Well, will my best friend like it? Will my mom like it? What will my sister think? And um, we need to really surround ourselves with supportive people who want the best for us and who will support us no matter what you know decisions that we make. Another big emotional trigger that I see for women is this, again, is this, I call it financial sensitivity. It's what we're talking about. Uh, the feeling of, of having money or maybe not having money. And we're off, it's often tied to a person's psychology. And if you haven't worked on that in therapy, now's the time because this kind of sensitivity can lead you to sabotage yourself in a totally unexpected way. And 
last but not least really is a trigger is what I call imposter syndrome. And, you know, I've done the research on this, Laura, and even presidents suffer from this. Um, Anybody specific? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think you know who I'm talking about. (laughs) So it's it's something that uh, we're afraid to you know, go out in the world and do something big and create something that maybe we've been thinking about secretly, a business or otherwise, or maybe your business, your side hustle is really working and you're wanting to take it to another level, but you have this imposter syndrome. And I hear women time and time again say, who am I to do this? Right? I think that's so interesting. And again, that's something that I've definitely experienced in starting It's Over Easy. For 23 years, I was a family law attorney, and then I'm now doing startup. And it really is. I've, I've had imposter syndrome, and you have to kind of break out of it. Nobody knows you better than you know yourself. Look in the mirror, say, this is who I am, this is what I want, and I'm going for it. And I think that's huge. And again, particularly if you're coming out of a relationship and starting a new chapter, it's an incredible way to build your self-esteem. Um, focusing on something other than yourself is a great way to kind of get over a breakup, throwing yourself into something and really changing your energy. Yes. You mentioned judgment and criticism in terms of a, of a trigger joy. What are some good ways to kind of make yourself impervious to those kind of things as you're moving into a, into a new sector? Okay, this is great. So one of the things that I always share with my clients is the first thing you have to ask yourself is what is your process to evaluate opinions? So what is the criteria you use to to determine whether the opinion someone gives you is really valid or not? And if they don't have a criteria, how do you help them establish one? If they don't, ha- I can give you an example. When I was going to start my first business, mm-hmm. um, I had a woman at a cocktail party <laughs> tell me once that when I shared with her what I was going to do, she knew I had sold my prior company. She laughed at me and she had one of those cackling, you know, laughs with her red wine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that will ever work. Women will never pay for that. That would have been a good time to spill the red wine on her, by the way. If she was drinking (laughs) Chardonnay, it would have been a different story. (laughs) And it, it struck me, of course. It took me back. And it was actually my husband that on the way home that night uh, said to me, wait a minute. Let's look at that individual. Who is she to determine Mm -hmm. whether a business would be successful? She's never even owned a business. And it was sort of it, you know, it it shocked me back into reality. But that's what we do sometimes. And again, I've been guilty of it is that I would allow other people who don't really have any uh, expertise in that area to evaluate whether my decision was a good one or not. I do, however, listen to people who it's like, wow, you know. This person's accomplished this in that area. They've accomplished that. You know, maybe they do know something about this, and I should think further about my idea. But it's, I think this is something we really have to set up those priorities about evaluating the people we listen to. And what their ulterior motives might be. It sounds to me like this woman had no idea she was just being negative, as sometimes, you know, women are much more hard on each other than they than our male counterparts can be. But really, not just the fact that she wasn't qualified to give you an opinion on whether or not this would work, but the fact that she really was coming from a very negative, catty place. This is great, Laura, because here's the other thing that I, I always share with my clients and even my children. We are a mirror for other people. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about something that we're getting ready to do, what what we are doing, we're not trying to do this, but, but people project onto themselves, wow, I haven't done anything, or wow, I 
what should I be doing? And so when we become a mirror for someone, we have to be careful about their reaction Mm -hmm. because it can be just a sabotage moment. Do you think, talking a little bit about the financial sensitivity, I know we've been told so many women do things for financial security. We get married. We take jobs that we wouldn't otherwise want to do. Um, How do you counsel women that that's not a good choice for them, particularly if it's a later-in-life decision? Is it too late for me to start my own business? Mm -hmm. Is it too late for me to get out of this marriage and start being Mm self-supporting? What are your words of encouragement for for women like this? Yeah, so for women in that that arena where maybe they've been out and behind their their spouse for a few years in there, I, I always, well, I encourage all my friends, family, clients, I encourage every woman to do something. I agree. Even if it's just a a side hustle, a part-time gig, to just keep yourself out there. Keep yourself networking, talking to people. And it could be just a few hours a week or a few hours a month to a full-time gig. I have always... um, I've always been a big believer of that because circumstances change. And we have to be ready for that as women and and men as well. But we're talking about women right now. We've got to be ready for that. And especially for women who have been out of the workforce, you know, I don't find it to be that difficult to to get back in. You can take uh, classes for whatever uh, you feel that you're not adequate in. But these days, I always tell uh, women who have kids, I'm like, if you feel like you're not up on social media, it's okay because the expert is at the dinner table with you. Right. They'll teach ask, you everything. Ask your kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It is really interesting, as as you may or may not know, at least in the state of California, the law is that individuals should seek to become self-supporting and that both parents should seek to support or contribute to the support of their kids. But yet we have so many breadwinners versus stay-home parents, and often they are the mothers, the women, and often they will say to me, well, if I went and took this job, would that then decrease the amount of support I was getting? And I said, look, I get that you're really trying to think of every angle. Take the job. Because not only is it going to be so great for your self-esteem, it's going to give you an ability to get back out there, meet people, talk to people. And whatever money that you're making will probably not necessarily decrease the support. If you lose that job, go back and modify the support again. But it's so good for you to be earning some income of your own and contributing to your kids' support. And so I'm the same way. I really encourage people keeping a toe in the water and being able to know when it's the right time for them to go back if they can. Yes. And you know, the other thing too is what I love about today's entrepreneurial environment is there are scores, hundreds of of businesses that you can start or even do at home virtually. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can be there when the kids come home from school if that's a strong desire for you. I mean, today, in today's world, there's no really no excuse, in my opinion, for women not to be doing something even part-time because you can do so much from home. Absolutely. And even if it's nonprofit, I mean, that doesn't necessarily help you on the financial safety level, but at the same time, who knows where that could lead? And it does keep you involved. It keeps you talking. And I I really do. I think it makes people feel good to Mm -hmm. be contributing something to society. Completely agree. Yes. Um, You asked me a couple of uh, some of the other things I tell women about financial sensitivity. Obviously, if you are starting a business or you now find yourself out on your own, uh, you want to make sure that you have got a competent bookkeeper and CPA for you. Yes. So I'm always encouraging women to do that and to commit to learning the basics 
about your company financials or about your financials. You know, have have experts on board, but commit to learning what profit and loss means. You know, um, look, you know, and it it, uh, it doesn't take that long to kind of pick up on some of these basic you know, uh, basic essentials that we need for our finances. And, you know, this may sound a little hokey, but I also believe, because I do it, uh, is that we should start every day with practicing abundance and gratitude, because I truly believe that the universe will only bring more to you when you're grateful for what you currently have. I agree. And fake it till you make it. If you're feeling miserable at some point, <laughs> as you said before, look in the mirror, look at yourself, practice smiling. At some point, it's going to come easier. Yeah. And I can't tell you, I mean, in my in my other job as a family law attorney for very high net worth individuals, I've had so many, again, particularly women, come to me wealthy, wealthy women and say, I am so embarrassed to say this. I don't know what we have. I don't know what my husband earns. I don't know what our investments are earning. I, I, I feel horrible because I'm this very sophisticated woman and I could get a reservation at any restaurant and I have my own personal shopper at Neiman Marcus and yet I have no idea. And I said, I'll tell you one thing. You're never, ever going to be in this situation again. Right. This is an opportunity to learn. You don't have to know every single cap table and every right. entry on your invest- investment portfolio, but this is your opportunity to figure out what you earn and what you spend and really, really own that. And, and it's going to be cool. It's never too late for that. Yeah, I so agree with you. Yeah, that's fantastic. And whether you're a high net worth individual or you're a absolute middle of the road person or someone that's kind of struggling to get by, knowing what you have and what you owe and what you earn and what you spend as we do on It's Over Easy, we really, really break that down. So important for you, so important for next steps and next chapters and really whether you have however many zeros are at the end of your bank account, everybody is the same and that we have some emotional ties to money. We have some sensitivity around money, absolutely. Even if you're super wealthy, it's all relative. But for those of us that are working in the it's over easy model of, of, of life, knowing what you are able to spend on a monthly basis is extremely helpful for moving on and rebuilding. Yeah, absolutely. So, Joy, tell us a little bit more about judgment and, and, and unsupportive family members what, that make us feel like we're being controlled and how to kind of break out of that. Yeah, so this is really, I would say, of the emotional triggers, Laura, one of the biggest triggers I see happening for all the women I've worked with for thir- the last 13 plus years. Let me give you a couple of examples I think a lot of our, a lot of your listeners will relate to. You know, you arrive home after a work day, a 12-hour day to a sink full of dirty dishes and nothing's planned for dinner. Maybe all the sports uniforms are in the clothes hamper and your daughter needs it for tomorrow morning. Were you at my house? (laughs) (laughs) No, I was at mine. (laughs) And the dog is clearly sick and no one has moved to call the vet. So what's the consequence of that? The consequence is you are exhausted from trying to do it all. You feel guilty at home and you feel guilty at work. And I think the other big thing that happens is you start to question your decision-making all the time. And so a couple of the solutions I like to offer women in this area, if you're feeling like what Laura and I just expressed, it's happening at our house too, is schedule a family meeting and set the rules. You know, everybody should have uh, chores or duties at home. You know, by the time they're five or six years old, they can start setting the table and, you know, doing some dishes. Um, hire household help. You know, uh, hear from a lot of women, oh my gosh, I don't think I can afford that. Or, oh, I, you know, I don't feel worthy to have someone clean my house. Or all my earned dollars are going to be going to pay for child care. Right. I don't know that that's necessarily the truth. Right, exactly. And having someone else 
clean your house, number one, you're giving someone else a job, which I feel very strongly about. And also, it allows you, get ready for this, ladies, it allows you to work in your genius. So if you own a business or you have a career, it allows you to focus on that and not on getting the dishes done or doing the laundry. Um, And then the last but not least, which is so important in every area of your life, is to set clear boundaries. Have boundaries around what you say yes to and what you say no to. Oh, so smart. I mean, and again, you have to remind yourself of this because almost once a month I'll say, I have to I have to say no more. I have to say no more. And then there I am going to something that I'm dreading going to because I said yes. Another another thought is even if you can't afford or don't feel comfortable hiring like full-time household help, all kinds of young women and men are available to do hourly, you know, things at your local yes. college. Somebody that can actually drive your kids yes. from this to that so that you don't have to spend two hours in the car to get them from school to basketball practice or whatever. Somebody that can come in once a week and help you do some organizing or pick up dry cleaning. Things that you don't have to pay a lot of money for that will help some other young individual that really needs the hourly and that can then, you're contributing, you're building a team, you're building a tribe. Very, very helpful for people. And it costs less than you might imagine if you go to the right places. It really does. It really does. Love that. Love that suggestion. So talking a little bit about entrepreneurship, Joy, focusing on something other than yourself can really help you get over a breakup. And as women are coming out of relationships and starting their next chapters, often that journey will put them on a path towards a new business. Tell us a little bit about how you help clients with that. So you know, starting a business after some sort of a transition, uh, a breakup, divorce, whatnot <clears throat> that's going on in your life, it can be so empowering and it can be so freeing. It helps with self-esteem. And what, one of the things that I do with my clients is uh, really find out what it is they want to do, understand the type of business they want to start, and then really start uh, showing them how to put a a plan together to get their product or their idea out there, how to market it. Um, you know, should they, what kind of a website do they need to get started right now? Do they need to hire help? Probably in the beginning, they're just going to get maybe a part-time assistant or a virtual assistant and get the business up and running. I always encourage my clients to watch their expenses and really focus on creating more revenue and helping them work around that. But ways to find visibility. When you're first starting a business, you need to be as visible as you can, get the product or service out there, and once it gains traction, then we look at ways to make the business grow. And again, that growth and empowerment is something that's really important to me. It's one of the pillars that we've built uh, It's Over Easy on, and I really do. I think it, it takes people, it really builds an entirely new focus for them and can really take you into the next chapter in such a great way. Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute. This week on Off the Vine, Caitlin Bristow is in studio with her bottle of wine handy to talk to the latest bachelorette, Becca Cuffrin. Well, and it's so funny because I still feel like my normal self from small time in Minnesota. And so yeah. when people are like, can we have a photo with you? I was like, why would you ever want that? Like, yeah. I should pay you not to take a photo with me. Like, you don't want that. Check out Off the Vine every Tuesday and Thursday on Podcast One or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Tell us a little bit about how you help clients with that. So 
You know, starting a business after some sort of a transition, uh, a breakup, divorce, whatnot, that's going on in your life, it can be so empowering and it can be so freeing. It helps with self-esteem. And one of the things that I do with my clients is uh, really find out what it is they want to do, understand the type of business they want to start, and then really start uh, showing them how to put a, a plan together to get their product or their idea out there, how to market it. Um, you know, should they, what kind of a website do they need to get started right now? Do they need to hire help? Probably in the beginning, they're just going to get maybe a part-time assistant or a virtual assistant and get the business up and running. I always encourage my clients to watch their expenses and really focus on creating more revenue and helping them work around that. But ways to find visibility. When you're first starting a business, you need to be as visible as you can, get the product or service out there, and once it gains traction, then we look at ways to make the business grow. And again, that growth and empowerment is something that's really important to me. It's one of the pillars that we've built uh, It's Over Easy on, and I really do. I think it, it takes people, it really builds an entirely new focus for them and can really take you into the next chapter in such a great way. Joy Chudikoff is a colleague of mine who coaches entrepreneurs and consults with businesses to usher them toward fiscal success. Joy, what's the smart woman's edge and how can listeners apply some of those principles to their own lives? So the edge is a one-year program that I offer women to help them uncover the blind spots in their business, such as there are three common areas that I see. Typically, it's too much busy work, not saying no enough, as we talked about before, Mm -hmm. And so they're not creating enough um, what I call creative space for them to really think about the, the on a higher level, a bigger level about their business. Um, typically also there's a lack of systems and processes in their business. So we take I take a look at, you know, from the time that a potential client or customer contacts them all the way through the sale um, as, you know, where are they, where are they creating, have, where do they have gaps in their business? Because these gaps cost you profit and a lot of cash. Um, and really, a lot of, in this program, what a lot of women need in a blind spot they have is they don't have what I call a thinking partner, someone to help them brainstorm. And I help them do that and think on a bigger level about the business. How do you find those people, the thinking partners? Well, that's typically what I'm doing with my clients. I'm okay. really becoming that thinking partner with them. Got it. That's been a blind spot for them. And how much for them, how much is delegation? How much are you really saying you can't do it all? You need to be in charge of it, but then you need to delegate. Yes. I tell them there are three things you have to do in your business. You have to automate, delegate, or delete. Got it. Right? I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. So, Joy, speaking a little bit more about giving yourself the real gift of time, giving yourself the gift of delegation, and maybe giving yourself the gift of some help. Um, You know, we mentioned hiring household help. We mentioned going to your local college or even high school and seeing if there's kids that can do certain things hourly. There's also, I believe, online apps that you can go to on the App Store. There's GetMagic.com taskrabbit.com, taskeveryday.com that can help you on an hourly basis or virtually do some of these things that otherwise it is, as you said, busy work. Other things that you tell people when you're coaching them of how to kind of eliminate or at least diminish some of these busy work tasks that if we were not having to do them, not only would we not have the resentment, but we'd have time to find our genius. Are there other things that you tell your consulting people? Yes, there are. And I love those apps. There are other apps that are what I call productivity apps, which are great to keep you in line. There's Evernote, which we use exclusively on our team. I have many clients who use Slack. 
And I think here's the real key for women in this, in when they're thinking about starting a business. We try to do everything because that's who we are. We're nurturers by nature, and we think we can do it all. And when you're starting a business, what you want, one of the big things that I do with my clients is I figure out what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. Yes, we all have them. And the first thing that you should delegate or get help with, even on a part-time basis, is um, delegating those things where you're weak. So I don't know anything about building websites or doing the back end on social media. So those were the first things that I always delegate out because that person can do that much faster and allow me to do what I do, which is the strategy, the consulting, things, you know, podcast interviews like I'm doing with you now. So it's about finding out what you're really good at and over time delegating the rest. And by the way, when I started my business 13 years ago, the first person I hired was just eight hours a month. So you start slow and now I have a full team today. And when we talk about kind of giving yourself a treat or giving yourself a break by or a reward by hiring someone to help, another thing that I found is really helpful, and I don't know if you find the same, being able to set time aside for some kind of, whether it's physical or spiritual or emotional kind of balance. I mean, for me, I have to run in the morning. So I get up at like 5.30 while my kids are still sleeping because that way I can get home, get showered, make breakfast, get everyone off to school. But if it's doing a Pilates or a yoga class, some meditation, even treating yourself to a massage. Do you have the women that you coach kind of set some time aside to do something really nice for themselves other than hiring someone to do the dishes, but really something that's a little maybe self-indulgent or maybe just some balancing in terms of fitness or, or wellness? Anything like that? I love this, Laura, because it's this ties right into something I call, you know, um, juggling your feminine energies because you know the feminine energy that you bring to your office or to your work is kind of different than the feminine energy when you're more in what I call in your goddess mode or you know when you want to pamper yourself so I always say to my clients what is it that really makes you happy what makes you feel good is it up for me I love I take a bubble bath every night before I go to bed in the morning, um, I get up and I meditate mm-hmm. uh, I, you know for a few minutes and sit and have a cup of coffee um, I tell my clients, what is it you love to do? Maybe it's grab a girlfriend and go for drinks. Maybe it's to get away to a, for a spa day. Uh, you know, whatever it is, make some time in your calendar to do that. Because if we are, you know, mothers, owners of businesses, probably taking care of extended family, we have to have that time to recharge Agreed. our bodies. And I, I feel like so often we put that off and put that off and put that off. If you don't really take a minute to do that, it ends up backfiring on you, I, I feel. Yes. So, Joy, here, now it's time for what we call the four questions, okay, <laughs> that we ask on almost every Divorce Sucks podcast. You ready? Sure. What is your favorite breakup song? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm really going to date myself on this one, but it's Missing You by John Waite. That was in the 80s for those that were listening who were born after that. <laughs> I think the reason why I, I like, I love the song Missing You because it's obviously, it's being sung by a man and I've, we've, you know, gone through a breakup. And uh, I think music in general for me is very cathartic and it's very soothing. I love music and I love all kinds of music. I could listen to, I don't like just one type. I can listen to all kinds and I... I think the reason why I love music so much, especially when I'm going through a transition or a breakup, 
in my life is because music takes me back through the different decades of my life and makes me remember things about me. Maybe sometimes things that I I think about that I've done wrong, but also about the good things in my life. Mm -hmm. And it brings me full circle to think about that there will be goodness again in my life. Nice. And Joy, are you single, dating, or married currently? I am currently married for 20 years to my husband. We dated for seven years. He was a confirmed bachelor. He was never getting married, and he was never having any children. We're married, and we've got two kids. <laughs> I love it. And and 20 years in my world is quite an accomplishment. <laughs> Congratulations. It's work. <laughs> what would you say to cheer someone up who is going through a, a bad breakup? You know, what I would say to someone who's going through a bad breakup is um, now is the time to surround yourself with what I call your tribe, your supportive people who don't judge you, who don't criticize you, and they are there for you because they they love you and they only want the best for you because those are the people who are going to prop you up and hold you in a safe space through this time because time heals all wounds and it will get better. I like that. And finally, the rom-com. What is your favorite romantic comedy that you could watch over and over without ever getting sick of it? <laughs> Probably You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. You've Got Mail. That's an awesome one. <laughs> I love that the one. greatest. Yeah. And tell us why it is, although perhaps it's evident, you love um, You've Got Mail. <laughs> I just love that movie because it's, um, you know, it, it takes you on this journey and you never think they're going to get together. They almost get together for over two hours. You wonder if they're ever going to get together. And finally, in the end, they do. So I think I love that you know, that, that titillating uh, back and forth. You know, you think, are they ever finally going to get together? And you know they're meant for each other. Isn't it funny in that movie how that movie they keep replaying the old rom-com movies from back in the day. And now we probably play them, play You've Got Mail for our kids. And that's an old-fashioned movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. You're, so, you're right. You're right about that. Thanks, Joy. All the tips you've shared are like manna from heaven for me and for our listeners. You're welcome, Laura. My team and I at She's Got Moxie wish you every success with It's Over Easy. Thank you. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't have to be that way. At itsovereasy.com, online divorce, available now.